Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 10 a.m. UK time. I'm joined by Bailey. How do you, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm good, TC. It's good to have you back. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, apologies. I dipped out of Tuesday's show. Uh, I had to drop an exclusive on it on the Conga on on Football London, so I had to uh, dip out of that one. But you, uh, you and Chris held the fort well, as per. I wouldn't expect any less. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, and good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box as well. Hope you guys are doing good and well. Um, we're going to kick off with Eddie and Ketia because. Um, the reason why I want to discuss Eddie and Ketia is obviously a lot related to the forwards and the other players we're linked to as well. And this idea that we're um, looking to only bring in probably Jesus as a striker this summer. We've renewed Eddie and Ketia. Um, Rafinha is obviously a real possibility in a wide forward role. Lissandra Martinez is a real possibility in a defence and kind of versatile midfield role as well. We've brought in Fabio Vieira. We've brought in Marquinhos and Matt Turner. There could be even more business to be done with, with other links to other players like Tillemans and you know, Fabian Ruiz and, and possible other midfielders. So with all that in mind and how much Arsenal are likely to spend this summer, does it now kind of look to make sense that Nketiah was renewed with the idea that only one striker would come in because we have to spread our resources so wide this window? Yeah, do you know what? I think renewed makes sense. I'm completely on board with that. I think the terms and some of the conditions... I don't agree with, but I think it was I think it was worth to keep him at the club. As you said, T used to be we needed to strengthen other areas. If Enketa did go, then we would have needed to sign two strikers. I, I don't believe Balogun is ready to to step up and become a second striker yet. So I think Enketa the the renewal of his contract definitely made sense. It wouldn't have been the end of the world if he didn't uh, renew his contract again because maybe instead of Rafinha, we would have gone for another forward. And I don't think we would have been in a much worse place if we didn't sign Rafinha and we said sign or a winger and we, and, and we signed a second striker instead. I don't think that would have been the worst of things either. But again, in Ketia showed towards the end of the last season that he can score goals in the Premier League and he could be a backup to Jesus. And we don't know. And Ketia could still be a starting striker because there's no guarantee that Jesus won't be up front. He could be used on a wing by Arteta throughout the season. I reckon Enketia wouldn't have signed the contract knowing that he wouldn't get a lot of game time. So that could suggest that possibly Enketia could still be starting for Arsenal. Yeah, it could. Um, I think that there's a lot of options with Enketia next season. You know, he plays as a central striker, but has played in wider position as well. He's come off the bench to, to great effect at times too. For me though, like obviously there's a lot of pull for the idea of signing two strikers this summer. I feel as though had we qualified for the Champions League, you know, that probably would have happened because the additional financial resources, the additional attraction of Arsenal being in the Champions League probably would have led us there. But to sign a striker of Eddie's quality, and you know, he has got quality. I know he's not the most fashionable of forwards, the most exotic named forward in the world, but he has got quality. And signing up to a new deal doesn't cost us a single transfer fee. Yes, it's going to cost us significantly more wages than we were paying him, and that's part of a, a player's renewal process. But when you've got to try and invest in the likes of Jesus and Rafinha, Fabio Vieira and possibly another central midfielder and Alessandro Martinez plus a couple of other smaller additions. I just couldn't see us dropping another £50 million on a striker this summer when you've got all of that business to do. So if you can renew Eddie, I think it gives you that additional option. I know that the idea will be Arsenal are going to go into the next season hoping to qualify for the Champions League with Jesus and Nketiah as their two striking options. And on paper, look, that 
you're right. It doesn't sound like we've closed the gap that much to like the likes of Spurs with Kane and Son or City now with Haaland or Liverpool with Nunez. Um, but what I would say is that when you consider the fact that Arsenal finished, you know, one win away from fourth place last year and are adding Jesus, Rafinha, Saliba's coming back. Uh, I say adding Rafinha, hopefully adding Rafinha. Um, you know, Fabio Vieira's already joined, as I've mentioned. We could sign a really good another defender. Um, all of that stuff, I think, actually adds to a really good possibility of pushing for that top four spot and maybe even winning the Europa League as well. Where do you kind of see if, if we are to, and we're only speaking in hypotheticals right now, but if we are to kind of complete that business that we want to, that that does actually significantly elevate us to where we were last season? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think if we sign Rafinha, have Eddie Nketiah, Jesus, we get those players in. We have, of course, Fabio Fierro now. I think that does put us in a strong position to, to qualify for the top four and it does give us enough firepower to attack the top four position. I think if it was just Jesus and Nketiah and we didn't sign a wing forward or a winger, I think we would be in trouble because we do need another goal source. Bakari Saka, we don't, Bakari Saka was very good last season in terms of his goals. I know he got over 10 Premier League goals. But we do need someone with who has more potency in front of goal, more consistency in front of goal. And I think Rafinha does offer that. Or another winger, if we can't get in Rafinha, we do need goals from elsewhere. Of course, Fabio Fierro, as he said in his interview, he likes goals, he likes assists. So hopefully there's more goals from one where he's coming from. We do need that. So, yeah, I'm confident. I'm, I'm happy. I'll be happy if Rafinha comes in. I'd be happy with our attacking options. I think it is enough to qualify for the Champions League and then, and then next summer we might have to look to, to strengthen that even further to hopefully push up and go up another step. But for now, I think we can we can compete because Tottenham, as I always say, Harry Kane and Son, they rely on those two players' fitness. If one of those gets injured, then their season comes to an absolute calamity as we've seen mm. in the past. So it is Tottenham d- depend on two players, Arsenal depend on a host of players. And I know I'd, r- I'd rather depend on a host of players rather than two players, because you don't know what can happen in a long, long season, especially a season like this one, where players' demands, the demand on players is going to be the highest it's ever been, going to the World Cup, coming back. I can't see a player not taking a rest or not being injured this season, and Tottenham are going to need to, to rotate. And I reckon, I'm, I'm mentioning Tottenham because I think that would be mm. our our biggest top four competitors. I'd also watch out for Chelsea. They they have a big chance window ahead. Chelsea could be on our radar also, but we shall see how their chance window goes. But if it's in terms of Tottenham and the firepower we have if we bring in Rafinha, then I'm extremely confident that we can get a place in the top four. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we mentioned Lissandra Martinez amongst those players that we're linked to. The initial bid, I think, was around £25 million, according to The Athletic, was just rejected flat out. And it seems like the price could be significantly more than that, with Ajax now suggested to demand around 50 million euros, around 42 million pounds. Is that too much to go to, to play to pay for someone like him? I think we have to be careful because if if we're bringing in Martinez to be an automatic star, we, play, we pay that money, absolutely. Mm. But to, for him to be a rotational option, we have to be careful. Now, I know um, sometimes you have to pay the big bucks to get the players you want. However, you don't want to get in, you don't want to, Pay bad deals, which affects other positions and uh, other positions in the pitch. Sorry, with Lasandro Martinez, we already have four centre backs in Saliba, Holding, Gabriel, and Ben White, and we can't really get scammed and pay, let's say, upwards of forty million for a centre back who's not guaranteed to start for Arsenal. I know he could be useful in the centre midfield position and the left back position, but forty million is very excessive, especially when you're looking to sign Jesus for around forty to fifty. Rafinha, 
Leeds are apparently asking for 65 million for him. We just signed Fab- Fabio Fiera as well. That is a mm. lot of money being spent, and that could affect our finances going forward next season. For example, if we want to sign a player in a position, we might not be able to do that because we, we paid so much for Lissandro Martinez, who's not starting. So I do think 40 upwards of 40 million is a bit excessive for him. It, it's a weird, wasn't it? Because like we constantly talk about how much players cost and and that whole phrase of it's not our money sort of thing. And where do you kind of cut off um, before saying, no, that's too much? Like Rafinha, there was talk of £65 million for him. Is that too much to go for someone like him? As always, if a player succeeds, you never talk about the money. You know, if Nketiah starts banging in goals next season, no one's going to talk about how much he's earning every week. Like, no, it's just not going to be spoken about because he's scoring significantly. Martinez is a player, having now looked into him and looked at his stats and look how he compares. Frankly, some of his stats are a joke how good they are. Like, his recoveries are insane. You know, his tackling is insane. His pressures are really, really good. Uh, his versatility is really, really good. You know, the goals, uh, rather, the, the goals that he can actually create from deep with his progressive passing is, is really strong. So all of that combined, you know, for me, if Arsenal go and get him even for, say, £42 million, I wouldn't have too much of an issue bringing in someone of his level because I think it would give us so much more option um, and I've talked for a long time about the idea of you don't want to bring in backups we want to bring in competitors and competitors are going to bring in you know going to cause us to spend quite a lot of money to add to the squad I think that you look at Manchester City they didn't need Nathan Ake and they went out and spent a lot of money on Nathan Ake and you know his versatility playing at left back at times for them really really helped them they go out and they spend money not necessarily on players that they they need to upgrade on with the squad, but just to strengthen the group. And Arsenal, if they want to get to those levels, need to act in the same ways as these teams. Um, So I don't have too much of a problem. I think with four competitions next season, rotation is going to be regular, you would think, especially if we're going in for someone like Rafinha, who plays in a very similar role to Saka, you think rotation is going to be key. And it seems like Arteta is building a squad that can rotate, can interchange, and you don't necessarily drop too much quality. Who do you think is going to be the biggest victim of, of kind of the heavy rotation next season what players do you think stand out as the ones that are gonna fall victim and to, to maybe not getting anywhere near as many minutes as last season i'd probably say players such as gabriel martinelli ml smith i think the wing positions will be heavily heavily rotated i don't think they'll start as consistently as they were during the premier league season last year i think i reckon they will be taken out quite a lot how I are you for their development no because i think no, it doesn't. It because sometimes play, young players can play too much. I think my worry for Bakai Saka is that he's playing he's playing too much. I think mm. sometimes we've been too way too, too dependent on him, and that can affect a player later on in their career. And as they get older, I've seen with Marcus Rashford now, he's completely stalled, and he played a lot, a lot when he was a young kid. I think of Jack Wilshere when he came and he played a lot, and he was hampered by injuries. It happens. A player starts to stall if they're playing too much games as a youngster. So sometimes it's good to to have more rotation. I think Marcelli and Smith have a lot and a lot of development to be doing. So it's good that they're able to come out of the squad and then come back into the team. I think that's perfect for their development rather than a hindrance for their development. So I wouldn't really call that a problem. It's interesting to see how the centre-backs will be rotated because Ben White, of course, he showed that he is a player that doesn't need rest. He shows that he's a player that doesn't need rotation. He doesn't really get injured uh, mm. too much and he's a he's a quite a reliable player so I wonder how much he'll be rotated of course with Saliba coming back and then Gabriel Magalhaes of course with, with Alessandro Martinez will be interesting to see but the fullback position is also interesting because I think the drop off from Tomoyasu to the next fullback is very very deep so I don't know how much Tomoyasu would be um, 
would be rotated. But if Brook Norton Coffee does come into the fore and does perform, then I'd like to see more rotation in that position. But we shall see. I'd definitely say, though, Smith Rowe and Martinelli will be the biggest players to rotate next season. Absolutely. Uh, Connor, in the chat, there's 193 of you watching. There's actually across all of our platforms and nearly 300 of you watching. Uh, and we've only got 47 likes across them. So if you haven't already dropped a like on today's show, either on Facebook, Twitter or YouTube, Please, please show your support for the channel that we produce these shows every day for you guys. And it takes you just a second to drop a like or a reaction on the video. So make sure you do and you're subscribed as well. A massive thank you as well for helping us reach 14,000 subscribers recently too. Um, amazing considering we've, we're still under a year uh, from making you know the start of this show uh, that we started back in August of last year. Uh, and we nearly hit 15,000 now, which is crazy to think about. So thank you so much for the continued support on the channel. Um, lastly, before I take a couple of questions from the chat box and start to get those in, guys, uh, is the under-21s have returned to the group, you know, and it is under-21s now, not under-23s. They've lowered yeah. that age for the uh, for the PL2 next season. So there are a fair few players that are kind of over that age bracket. I know George Lewis is one. Um, Matt Smith is, is another. I think there's a few more. Uh, McEnough, I think, might be even another one that's over. So there is ex expectations that probably some of those will be moved on earlier um, than expected. Uh, Mika Biereth, though, to this morning was confirmed to have left on loan. Uh, he moves to Dutch. Uh, he used to, the, I think, the Dutch seconds division. Mm -hmm. uh, goes to RKC Valvike uh, on loan. It was expected that he would move on loan. I think our former colleague Chris Wheatley reported this earlier in the year. Is these loans that like we've seen Omar Rekic go to Sparta, Rotterdam in the Netherlands as well. What do you make of these kind of loans? Like They're, they're not playing in English football. They're playing abroad. What what does this mean for kind of their development and their chances of making it in the Arsenal senior team? It shouldn't change. I think that's it's good for their development. Not every player can have a Bukayo Saka impact and immediately break into the first team. That's unrealistic. It's very rare Ooh. as well. Players usually need to go out to get their first team minutes and then come back into the side. Smith Rowe went on loan to Huddersfield, went on loan to Leipzig before Ooh. he was able to to break into the first team. It happens with most players. I think of Chelsea, Mason Mount, Rhys James, Tammy Abraham. Every player needs to go out and get fallible first team minutes before they're able to, to break into the first team and make it into the Premier League. So I think it's a good good move for, for players like Mika Biref and, and, and Omar Rekic, of course. So I think in, I think it's a good deal for both of them. It's good for their development and it's good for Arsenal. So when they come back next season, they'll be more prepared for men's football and competitive football because the drop-off between under-21s and first team is that the competitiveness is definitely less. And there's, there's less on the line when players go to play in the lower league they're playing against players who are playing for their careers, playing for their lives, playing for their contracts. So it's definitely more competitive. It roughens them up a little bit. It gets them ready physically. Their presence uh, improves. So when they come back to Arsenal, they're more they're more capable of potentially breaking into the first team. And I think it's a good move for them. And I think it's necessary as well. Mm, absolutely. I'm just getting that full list of players that will count as senior players for next season. McEnough was indeed released, Daniel. Right. Uh, James, uh, George Lewis, James Olyinka, Matt Smith, Emil Smith-Rowe. Zach Swanson and Nuno Tavares will all count as senior uh, players from next season. So Nuno Tavares now takes up one of those non-homegrown spots in the squad, uh, while Smith-Rowe takes up, of course, one of those homegrown places in the team, as does Gabriel Martinelli and William Saliba as well, despite not being uh, homegrown, if you like. But they've been at the club for three years, uh, so and before the age of 21. So it does mean that they count towards the homegrown quota. Uh, which is obviously very good for the squad. Uh, let's jump into the chat box. Uh, Jermaine says, do you think Marie is that bad as a player? Uh, I think he would be good uh, to have as next season because of how many games we've got. 
I just have Lukaku nightmares of Pablo Mori that hasn't erased <laughs> that hasn't been erased from my memory. I'll never forget that second game of the season. I've never seen an Arsenal centre back get bullied as much as Pablo Mori did that evening uh, that afternoon. Sorry, and I don't think he himself knows Arsenal's not his next team for next season. And we know also. I think it's best the two the two parties but apart ways and and go about their day. I don't think Mori's good enough to to be an Arsenal player where Arsenal can compete at the highest level. And I think he wants to stay at Udinese, so let's hope he, yeah, I think, yeah, we need to part ways. He's not good enough for Arsenal, in my opinion. Yeah, Hellas Verona were interested as well with a link this morning, so it's possible that he does return to Italy. Uh, Udinese are going for a little a little few struggles at the moment. Uh, Abdul says, question for myself, uh, for, tall, uh, for a tall backup striker, what about Armando Breuer from Chelsea? Uh, they'll go to sell him. Uh, obviously, Chris Wheatley again reported earlier this year that Arsenal are monitoring him, they are looking at him and have done for some time. I think Chelsea would ask for a significant fee still, you know, 30 million upwards, I think that's what they would probably ask for. Uh, if we can afford someone like that and we've done the rest of our business, I wouldn't be, a, you know, averse to it at all. I think he would be a, a really solid addition to the squad. I just don't think Arsenal are looking to bring in that second uh, striker signing on, on the back of the Jesus deal. Uh, with that expected to be done fairly soon. So I don't think that that will happen. But I do think that the shout is a fair one indeed uh, to suggest. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Hope says Tillemans or Fabian Ruiz, Bailey? I'd say Tillemans because I've seen more of him. I know what he's primarily proven. So we know what we're going to get from him. So I'd say I'd say Yuri Tillemans. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think that the idea of that happening, though, is is quite slim, unfortunately, from the looks of things. Uh, Alistair says, should Arsenal pay big money for Jesus given that his final year of the contract of Man City? What do you make of the idea of paying such a serious fee for someone that has still only got a year left on his deal? I think that sometimes certain situations, it's a necessity. Arsenal were not the only interested club in Jesus, so it would be difficult. Arsenal don't have Champions League football either, so it's kind of difficult again would have to persuade the player also to come because Jesus could have easily stayed at sea and then waited till mm. next year and then Arsenal could have completely lost out on him if Arteta believes Jesus is his man and can elevate Arsenal take Arsenal to the next level then sometimes you have to pay the big bucks to get the player in I think Jesus also will come into Arsenal and immediately start I also believe he could be the starting striker so sometimes for a striker you have to bite the bullet and, and pay the money I think uh, Mane to Bayern Munich was in a cheap deal Mane's 30 years old had one year left on his deal and the deal could rise up to around £40 million pounds, including add-on so not big good players despite having mm. one year left on their contract are, are not always cheap you don't always get that lucky yeah I agree um, it, it, it doesn't matter that it's costing this amount of money when you've got a year left because of the amount of interest there wasn't him from so many other teams he's still very very he's still a very very good player um, so it's I don't think it's a problem that we should be worrying about too much uh, Jason says, who's Saliba replacing? Again, just to tackle this briefly, this word replacing, is it shouldn't really be in our vocabulary at Arsenal at the moment because we are about strengthening the squad, not replacing people in the squad. Starting 11s, best 11s aren't really going to be the case for Arsenal next season because we are going to be rotating. Um, we are going to see several players come into several positions to try and strengthen and give us options should, to tackle kind of different teams. So he's not going to be replacing anyone. I think obviously he'll challenge with the likes of Ben White. Um, and Rob Holding, of course, as well for that right-sided centre-back spot. But you can also play right-back should we need him to. Um, and obviously, we can switch to a back three if we wanted to, to play him there as well. So it's not about replacing. It's about who's coming in to compete with 
uh, rather than washing someone out of the squad specifically. Uh, Carabo says, what's going to happen with Bat Pepe? I think we're both in agreement that he's he's going to move on this summer at some stage. He has changed his agent with the idea to move on. Uh, and lastly, from Hardy, who says, Tom, what do you think about a swap deal between Rabio of PSG and Hector, PSG Juventus, sorry, uh, and Hector Bellerin? What do you make of that? Well, I don't, I don't like Rabiot at all. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what Rabiot offers. But again, if we can't sell Bellerin, then we might have no choice at this rate to say, OK, yeah, just we'll just take Rabiot. But again, Rabiot has... Are you venture has... in for Hector Bellerin? Because I've not seen that at I've all. not seen that either. I haven't, I've not seen that either. But again, Rabiot has been told to have attitude issues so he could disrupt the dressing room. That would be my only issue. But if that wasn't a, the case, then I'd say, why not? Let's, let's, let's do it because clearly yeah. we're struggling to sell Bellerin at the moment. And he According to Calcio Mercato Webb, uh, Juventus are looking for a market solutions to get rid of Adrian Rabia. The midfielder has fallen out of favour and Turin will be offloaded. Juventus are actively looking for suitors um, and apparently uh, Juventus are exploring the possibility of a swap deal of Arsenal involving Hector Bellerin. Wow. To be honest, if you told me that Bellerin was leaving and Rabia was coming in, I wouldn't have an issue with that. You know, we, we need space for a midfielder. Rabio is uh, an interesting player, but the attitude is obviously going to be the big problem yeah. with him. But he's, you know, he's a French international, gets into the French international side regularly, played at the last World Cup, of course, and Euros. So, you know, there's an argument uh, for someone like him, but there are, I, I, I agree with uh, logic here. I'm not sure how Arteta would uh, be open to the idea of someone like Rabio. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with him. But uh, yeah, that's a weird report. I don't think there's too much truth in it, but uh, we'll wait and see. Thank you guys in the chat box for joining us this morning. As always, we'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. for the next show. As every weekday we are, UK time. Uh, do drop a like or a reaction on the video before you leave and leave a comment if you're watching on Catch Up On Course and let us know what your thoughts are on a lot of these different topics we've discussed. Bailey, thank you so much, my friend. Always appreciate your time. Thank you, TC. Good to have you back, mate. Absolutely. Good to be back. And uh, you'll have a couple of other streams coming for you, uh, including an analysing Arsenal stream with Josh Williams and a Transfer Insight show looking again at Rafinha very soon. So make sure you've got those notifications turned on so you get notified when they're going to be going out. We will see you very soon, as I say. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. <laughs>